Welcome to Find Myself Free, the podcast. I'm Ellie Young, alcohol-free life coach, mom, and athlete. I'm dedicated to helping others change their relationship to alcohol by sharing my journey of transformation. Fascinated by my own capacity for change after decades of gray area drinking, I'm passionate about sharing what I've learned from neuroscience and positive psychology to help you break free from the drinking cycle and unlock your true potential. Hear my personal stories of triumph and struggle as I navigate raising two boys, finding myself after 40, building a business, and doing it all alcohol-free. From women's health and cycle syncing to fasting and biohacking, this podcast is your roadmap to a healthier, purpose-filled life that starts with changing your relationship to alcohol. It's time to embrace change, find balance, and create the life you were meant for. Welcome to Find Myself Free. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Today is October 20th. We are 20 days into Sober October. So this is where the nitty gritty starts to take place. This is where you are either going to break down or you're going to break through. You've made it so far and you should be so proud of yourself. Um, This is not easy. And you know, this is where you have enough progress under your belt that you start to, the, the pain of wherever you were before, the shame of wherever you were before, um, the doubt maybe you had in the beginning, all of that <clears throat> has started to fade. And you're now in this place where you think, maybe, maybe it wasn't so bad. Maybe I can go back or maybe I can just have one drink and you know I really proved it to myself that I can go this far so I don't have a problem right I can I can have a drink tonight it's you know what's one drink going to hurt and you know maybe you're saying halloween maybe you're just counting the days until you get to halloween because it's on the 31st and you say well I couldn't possibly not drink on halloween right I'm going to let myself have some drink that night I I know this feeling. I know what it's like to take a significant break, to prove to myself that I could, only for that old behavior to sneak back in once some arbitrary timeline I had set had gone by. <clears throat> Excuse me. The the first time I tried to take a significant break from alcohol was after I blacked out at a friend's birthday night out. We'd gone to a beach bar and had some drinks and then on to a comedy club to see Arsenio Hall, of all people. And I was already drunk when I got to the comedy club. Uh, The beach bar had been like a two for one happy hour and I was coming in hot to that comedy club. And they had a rule that you had to have like a minimum of two drinks. I think you had to buy a minimum of two drinks or maybe it was even three. Um, you know, of course, them not knowing that I was already coming in, like, I don't even know how many cocktails deep, but um, I don't remember anything at that comedy club. Um, but my friends later told me that I was basically so disruptive that Arsenio was actually working me into his jokes. The drunk lady in the back of the club was now a part of his stand up because I was so disruptive. Um, my friend got me out of there. And actually tried to take me to another bar, or I think I tried to take her to another bar, and they wouldn't serve me. So I don't remember any of this. And the next day was one of the more awful hangovers I can remember. Um, 
there's nothing worse than hearing your friends relive the night and how hilarious you were and you remember none of it. Um, see, I was, I was actually a really fun drunk. I was a lover. I made friends wherever I went, especially in the bathrooms. Um, I'd come home with girls' numbers in my phone because I would drunkenly believe that I had connected with these girls and we were going to be best friends. In college, they actually called me Captain Save-A-Bitch because if there was a crying girl in the bathroom, I was certain to befriend her and tell her, you know, you don't need that guy. You're a strong, independent woman. Let's be friends, you know? Um, gosh, I came home with so many numbers in my phone and I, I would be like, who is this person? Um, one time I even had a girl contact me like a couple days later and like, be like, Hey, we're going out here. Do you, do you want to come? And I couldn't even picture who this person was. So this, this is something that happened often to me in my younger days. Um, I also loved to dance and I generally just had no shame when it came to like making a fool of myself. I was like, dancing on tables, you know, I was rowdy, but in general, I was like, I was, I was fun. I wasn't like a person who caused fights and I wasn't a person who, um, you know, cried. I just, I was kind of wild. I was wild and fun. Um, so them retelling my night and what a shit show I was, was super funny to everyone else, you know, but deep down I was so, so ashamed. I mean, I was a mom. I had my kids to take care of the next day and I actually, I actually couldn't. And this was like super rare for me to actually be this hungover. Normally I powered through all of my hangovers um, and I would convince everybody that I was fine. Um, I would work out and I would still get up early with the kids and I'd still make food. And I'd still, I was always just kind of on this mission to like prove to everybody just how fine I was, it, it, you know, but I deep down, I was never, ever convincing myself. I knew how bad I felt. Um, and so I, uh, at one point I, I was in bed all day after this hangover. And at one point I tried to convince myself that I had been roofied because I remembered nothing past a certain point in the night. So I was like, maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't me and my drinking. Maybe I had actually been roofied, but you know, deep down, I knew it was me. It was how many drinks I'd had. And I was drowning in that shame. So I went ahead and I used that shame and pain of that hangover to fuel a 27-day uh, stretch alcohol-free. Um, I did not change any of my thoughts about alcohol. I was simply punishing myself. I was proving to myself that I could do this stretch of time, that I could go without alcohol, but I was getting by on willpower alone. I did not change any of my thoughts or feelings about booze. Um, I knew, I knew I wasn't going to give up alcohol forever. I was just trying to go some arbitrary number of days to prove to myself that I could. And after 27 days, I actually ended up caving on my sister's birthday. I didn't even make it to the 30. I had told myself I would do 30, but of course, by the time I got to 27, I'm like, what's three more days? Come on. You can, you can drink at your sister's birthday. No one pressured me. It was just that the shame had lifted enough and the pain of that hangover had faded enough that I thought, hey, one drink won't hurt, right? And then and then you won't drink again until the following weekend. I told myself, like, you you will go back to not drinking and and only allow yourself to have it on the weekends. Um, I ended up having three drinks that night. And the next day I immediately 
went back into my old pattern of drinking most nights. That behavior was so easy for me. It required such little work and everyone was drinking. Everyone around me was drinking. Why, why should I stop? I don't have a problem. I just proved to myself I could take a long break, right? I deserve to have fun. So I get it. I, I really recognize where you might be right now. <clears throat> when you get a little distance from the pain and shame of your old habits, it can start to feel like maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I can have a few drinks. Maybe there is a right amount that I can actually strike this elusive balance where, you know, I have the perfect buzz, but I don't get too sick and I don't say anything stupid and I don't overdo it and I feel fine the next day. Um, but this is when you you have to catch yourself and say, what is it that I think I'm missing out on right now? What is it that I think on day 30 or day 31, when I'm going to allow myself to drink again, what is it that I think I will get from the alcohol? What do I think it's going to deliver? If you can narrow down the loudest thought you're having about it, that's the belief that's keeping you stuck and the one you need to work on. But you might say, I don't want to give up alcohol forever. I don't, I, you know, I just want to do these 30 days and I, and I want to, I want to go back. And I get that. No one, no one goes into this saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to stop forever, you know? Um, but if you want this month to count for something, to actually change your relationship to alcohol, you need to pay attention to the subconscious beliefs that are coming up that keep you coming back for more and ask, like, is, is that really true? Is it really true that I'm going to have more fun once these 30 days are over? And, you know, I've, I've heard from a couple of clients like, oh, I just keep putting that off until I'm drinking again in November. Um, so what is it that you think like you're going to get once you allow yourself to have, have drinks again? Um, and ask yourself, is it really true? And, and could I actually be wrong about it? Could I be wrong that I need alcohol to have fun in this environment, or I need alcohol to relax, or I need alcohol to enjoy this particular event? Um, so this moment can be really uncomfortable because you are on the precipice of change. You have made it a significant amount of time now, and you can kind of start to feel like a little bit of complacency kick in where you're like, all right, I've done it. I've kind of 20 days in and it's that the thoughts, that old familiar voice is kind of creeping in and saying, you know, you're, you're afraid you might cave. <clears throat> you might break down. And you're starting to rationalize it. You're starting to kind of talk yourself into it and that it's okay. Like you've made it this far. You're good. You know, you deserve this. This is all okay. This is normal. It is normal to have this type of com conversation in your head right now. And you can lean into these cravings and these thoughts and you can stay in that discomfort. But you have to be willing to move through the scary, uncomfortable feelings and know that this is actually you changing. This isn't a, a pain that is like, oh my gosh, you should stop. It's not like exercise where you're like, okay, you're maxing out. And if you continue, you're actually going to hurt yourself. You need to stop. This, this is the pain of neuroplasticity. This is the pain of you changing. 
it is uncomfortable for your brain to be like uprooted off the train track that it used to be on and to be like forging a new pathway. You are constructing a new railway for your brain and for your behavior. So right when you think, you know, you're going to break down and you're going to cave, this is the moment where you can actually break through. Are you going to show up and lean into it right now or are you going to shut down? So I don't want to feel you to feel like this is like an immense pressure moment, but you have to be willing to move through those bad feelings of that breakdown so that you can experience the freeing feelings of the breakthrough because you are so close. If you have gone 20 days, you are so close to real change starting to happen. And, you know, oftentimes we, we kind of, we put a cap on what we think we're capable of. This is a 30 day challenge. Why? I don't know. It's symbolic 30 days. It's one month. Some people say it takes 28 days to break a habit, but I know a lot of people, myself included, that go right back to their same patterns after taking a month off. Um, Real change sticks, not when you just hit a certain arbitrary number of days, but when you change how you feel about that behavior change. And that starts with the thoughts you're having about the, the behavior change. When you start to associate positive emotions with the change you're trying to make, rather than just feeling deprived, rather than just feeling like you're missing out, um, that's when when you can start to really focus on the gains you're making, the progress you're making, and the health benefits that are starting to stack up and start to really associate this change with all that positivity. That's when real change starts to take place because you start to feel differently about it. You're not just punishing yourself. You're not just depriving yourself of this treat, of this reward that everybody else is is using. You're actually choosing a better path for yourself. You're choosing health. You're choosing wellness. You're choosing to grow. You're choosing to listen to your intuition instead of drowning it out. So... When we're faced with our limit, this date, this time when we're saying, okay, we've, I've had enough. I've done enough. I can't do anymore. I deserve to have a drink right now. Can you look at that thought that you deserve it and investigate it? What do you deserve? What do you really deserve? A break, some self care, some self love. Is alcohol those things? Is alcohol going to deliver self-care and self-love to you? Or are there other things you can reward yourself with? We really don't know how far we can go until we try. And again, I'm an athlete. I am I'm used to pushing myself. I think it's a big reason why I actually was able to drink as long as I did and to tolerate the hangovers I did. It's because I was used to pushing myself through pain. And this is not like that. Pushing yourself to change, pushing yourself to grow, it feels really uncomfortable. But that discomfort, it's not going to kill you. It is not going to hurt you. It is growth. And you need to identify the discomfort that you're feeling right now with growth. You are changing 
And it can be tiring. You could say, oh, I've changed enough. I've, I've done enough change this month. I'm done. But what if you kept going? Like, what is on the other side? What if you just did another day and another day and you start to like really measure backwards and look at how far you've come and look at how much better you're feeling, how much better you're sleeping, how much better your relationships are and start to like really consider, wow, you know, what would 30 days feel like? Soak it in. Like how good would it feel to have made it all 30 days? How good would it feel to make it 60 days, 90 days? Close your eyes and feel just how good that feels. When you do this, you're showing your brain the possibility and it starts to actually release the feel-good chemicals associated with that. The more you can actually meditate on this future self and how good it feels, the brain believes it's already happening. It actually starts to release all of that feel-good chemistry and create neuropathways and the brain that doesn't know the difference, the, the, when you close your eyes and visualize that stuff, it really doesn't know the difference between you visualizing and it actually happening. So the more you can connect with that future self and, you know, believe in that possibility and start to like imagine how good it would feel, the more real it becomes for the brain and it starts to lean in that direction. And all of that positive emotions that you are associating with that change, it fuels you. It actually fuels you to keep going and to keep leaning in that direction. And when the cravings come up, you just, you think about everything you have to gain by staying with it. Instead of shifting your attention, you can't try and shift your attention from what you're depriving yourself of or what you think you're missing out on to everything you're gaining. This is a true brain hack. When you do this, you give you give that goal energy, positive flowing energy. But when you're focusing on a depriving yourself and denying yourself, that's a lot of negative energy and what we resist persists. When we focus on what we can't do, it becomes this huge energy block in us and it's all we can think about. But instead, if you just open the door to all this other possibility and really allow your brain to just, you know, soak in all of this incredible positivity that could come from you continuing on this path, it, it will fuel you and you will be able to keep going. I know I, I have, I have been in this exact spot. Um, your energy follows your attention. So keep creating and believing in this future self and let those positive emotions steer you in the right direction. So I want you to continue to stay in this work. I want you to lean in to that discomfort that you're feeling and investigate the loudest thoughts that are coming up for you. What, what is it that you believe alcohol is going to deliver? If you cave right now, why is that? What is the, what is the thought that's saying, hey, you know, you're going to have a lot more fun if you drink tonight. Is that really true? And what, you know, what else is possible in this moment? Can you explore what else you can do for fun? What else you can do to relax? 
open up your world to something bigger than the bottle. You know, we have relied on it for so long. We have been conditioned to use it in so many situations that we really just, we have to start thinking outside of the, I want to say the box, but think outside the bottle, right? What else can you do? What else do you really enjoy? What else, what else do you really like? Going alcohol-free, it allows you to access your intuition that you have just been muffling for so long. And it starts to get more clear and it starts to get louder. And you start to remember like, oh, I am this person and I have these desires and I have these interests and I have these passions. And I want to go pursue those things because that's what feels good now. When you've given yourself a significant enough break from alcohol, you start to reconnect with that authentic self again. And you start to go, wow, like, who am I? Like, I've been using alcohol for decades. I don't really know myself. I don't really know what I like. I have just been following the masses into the bars. I've been following the masses into the wine clubs and, you know, into the girls' nights out. And, and, you know, I haven't been creative and I haven't allowed my own intuition to guide me in such a long time. And that is truly, truly what what comes of giving yourself a real break from alcohol. 30 days, um, you know, it's just the beginning. If you can keep going and if you can continue to work on those thoughts that are keeping you stuck, like, wow, why do I really need this? Why do I believe? You know, you're like, oh, but I want to have fun. Well, yeah, I do too. I love my life. I have more fun now than I ever have because I'm I'm no longer numb to it. I'm no longer numbing my my brain. I'm no longer sedating my brain. You know, it's so interesting that like as we get older, you know, <clears throat> we explore more. We're like, "Oh, we're going to go on these vacations and we're going to go see these amazing places and stuff." But we're going to be drinking while we're there or we think it's going to be enhanced, you know while we're there. I think about all the cool tropical surf trips that I've been on because my husband's a surfer and I drank my way through a lot of those because I thought that's that's what you do. You're by a pool, you're at a beautiful beach, there's a sunset, you drink. And all I did was dull my experience. When I go places now, my brain is fully alert. It is on firing on all cylinders and I can take in these experiences with, you know, without being sedated, without being dulled. And, you know, alcohol, you forget details, you forget whole chunks of the night. We've all done it. And it's a scary feeling. But what's crazy is we thought we were enhancing the moment. We thought we were making it better. We thought like, hey, this, you know what, this moment needs some wine. Oh, this moment, this is worthy of champagne. This is worthy of a shot. And all we were doing is dulling it. And our brain is not able to to process as many signals to process the experience when you're sedated. And that's that's a gift. That's a gift that going alcohol-free gives you is the is the capacity to feel again, feel all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, because you need to still feel the painful things in order for the good things to feel as good. You know, alcohol not only dulls your pain, it dulls your joy. 
And that is something that when you start to wake up, when you get enough time under your belt, you really give yourself this gift. That's what this month is about. It's about a perspective change. It is not about the marathon of how many days can I go without alcohol and just setting this this arbitrary timeline of of almost self-inflicted punishment. It's about changing your relationship to alcohol, changing what you believe it's doing for you and changing how that makes you feel. Change those thoughts, change how you feel, and you will free yourself from the drinking cycle. Whether that means you never drink again or whether that means you just drink on occasion or um, become a casual drinker, whatever it is for you, I'm not here to tell you what that is. I'm here to guide you in changing that relationship. And it's possible, but it's not going to happen just on a certain number of days. It's going to happen because you have explored the thoughts that that are keeping you stuck in that cycle, that are keeping you believing alcohol is doing something for you. And you have to prove it to yourself. You have to debunk these beliefs one by one. You have to listen, become aware of the loudest thought that is saying, hey, after these 30 days, I can't wait to drink because I think it's going to make me feel like this. And ask yourself, is that really true? And is there another way? What else is possible for me? So stay in this work. As always, I'm with you and I can't wait to connect with you next week um, at the end of our Sober October journey. But until then, I'm with you. You got this. Hey team, you've just listened to an episode of Find Myself Free. And if some part of this left you wanting more, If your curiosity has been piqued and your intuition is telling you, I'm ready for more, I'm ready to look at my relationship to alcohol and find out just how much it's holding me back, then check out my coaching offers at findmyselffree.com. I offer the Brave course to kickstart your break on your own time, or you can hop on a call with me and talk about one-on-one coaching. I worked with a coach for four months at the start of my alcohol-free journey, and it made all the difference. Being able to talk to someone who knew what I was going through and could help me navigate my new world gave me a foundation of support I could build on. And it's a big reason why I'm a coach today. I want to help others find their freedom and level up their health. As always, if you like this episode, please like, follow, and share. And until next time, I'm with you. You got this.